So welcome today to session five podcast, all about the money. Um, This is the Exquisite Life podcast, and today I'm with Priscilla Rutherford, who's worked for many of the big banks in Sydney and in Brisbane. She is an incredible person. She's also a great friend of mine. We've known each other for about six years. We've done a lot of personal development and leadership courses together. And um, Priscilla, I just see her about as, as someone who's like a money person. She knows everything you need to know, or I'd love to know, about money. So welcome, Priscilla, and thank you so much for talking to me today. I know a little bit about you. I know that you work currently for a big super, is it, corporation? Is that correct? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Sally, for having me um, as a guest speaker. And yeah, at the moment, I'm working on a contract basis with one of the banks, here in Sydney, yeah. Right, okay. And in the past, you've worked for some of the really big names like Commonwealth Bank and ANZ. And I know you've been working for AMP. I don't know if I can say these banks or not say these banks. I've got no idea. We can always cut that out if we need to. Um, but you have a master's as a financial planner. And I just want to know, what does that entail? Yeah, sure. So I have worked for a combination of a family business in financial planning. I've worked across a number of big banks. And yes, you're quite right. I'm a financial planner by trade. And I have a master's in financial planning. And for the last probably six or seven years, I've run teams of financial planners and and run teams in sort of the banking and financial planning world (laughs) but you've also got a real estate license haven't you for Queensland and Sydney which is quite an incredible thing to have yeah I kind of um I sort of had a few months off this year my husband's an architect Mm. and I just sort of pondered I've sort of been wondering like how come more financial planners don't have that real estate background considering that one of the biggest assets and most valuable assets that people have from a money sense is is the value of their home so kind of for fun and I thought oh it might come in handy in the future I thought yeah why not let's study let's study my real estate license so 2020 I did my New South Wales and Queensland real estate license and that's an amazing achievement so just to let everyone know who Priscilla is she comes from Queensland we're sitting in Sydney at the moment Uh, I've known her for about six years and she's lived between Brisbane and Sydney on an ongoing basis but currently settled in Sydney and um, she's very beautiful, she's very slim, she's the sort of person everyone wants to be. I used to nickname her the first lady because she's very glamorous as well and very chic and stylish. She's also just hit 40 and she's the only person I know that's like had multiple properties, she kind of occurs like the sort of person that has everything handled and she's the sort of person everyone would like to be. So I thought she'd be a brilliant choice to uh, speak to. Plus, she's like, there's just a whole array of information that I'm going to draw out of Priscilla in the next few months. So I'm going to also ask her about quitting sugar. Um, But for now, it's all about the money. So what excites you, Priscilla, about working with money? Well, look, first for the massive compliment (laughs) okay (laughs) thank you um look I think it comes from probably my childhood so I grew my mum's great and and she um you know she raised three of us on her own from about the age of when I was six I've got two younger sisters and from an early age I noticed 
a difference between what we had and what other people had. And it wasn't something that I was kind of like too worried about, except for I knew that it was a position that I really didn't want to stay in. And, I, and not for the fact that there was anything we missed out on, but just the worry. I didn't want to continue. I made a choice at some point along the line that I didn't want to worry. And then, you know, I got my first job um, and then I started to sort of like notice money and what it could provide you. And then at some point along the way, it might have been high school actually, when I had my first business, that it was, it just became like just something fun. And I know this sounds really nerdy, but almost like a really cool hobby <laughs> to be interested in. Yeah. And I think I surrounded myself in my teens and then early 20s more around adults than than people my age so my good friend at the time her dad was a financial planner and he worked in a bank mm. and i would be forever at their house asking him about work what he did asking them about property and yeah i think that's just how my interest grew from having um seen the difference between my upbringing and someone else's like mm. our neighbors and our school friends <clears throat> and then being given the opportunity to have a business during high school and running that. And yeah, that just propelled me into just always talking about it. Mm. So what advice would you give someone on a low income? Like maybe perhaps they could be elderly, they might be sick. At the moment they might have lost their job because obviously it's 2021 and we're um, still in the middle of the pandemic of coronavirus. What do you say to someone who's in that position? Relax, chill out. Good. (laughs) okay that's kind of the first thing like just chill out you are where you are there's nothing wrong with it It doesn't mean anything about you just relax you know I see so many people just like overthinking it worried about it stressed about it and in my experience that worry stress and kind of like overthinking stuff just repels it Mm. I just be like okay let's just do like chill out yeah. And just do a stock take of what you do and what you don't have. Okay, so just breathe to start with. Maybe yeah. run a hot bath, chill out. Yeah, have a tea, go down. for a walk around the block, whatever you do. Okay, and then sit down. And then what do we do? We write down how many debts we have or how many bills we have. Yep. And what we do or don't have coming Yeah, in. I'd just be like, okay, stop ignoring the bank account. Open up your app and go, how much have I got? Even if it's $1.25 on your bank account. Right. You've got what you've got. And then I go and look at, okay, what debts have I got? Okay, that means your credit card. Okay, you've got five grand on your credit card. Okay, that's where you're at. Mm. Okay, you've got six grand in your super or 20 grand in your super. Okay, that's what you got. Yeah, because I heard, I've got friends who don't open their mail because they're so scared of opening their mail. They'll just let it pile up. And then I heard about this guy who was supposed to be coming to do a job last Tuesday and he hadn't uh, dealt with his like moving house address he had all these bills piling up there and they've taken his license away from him because like people just kind of stick their head in the sand don't Mm. they around money yeah and get really stressed so okay so we're gonna breathe we're gonna relax and then we're gonna have a look at what the facts are yeah just like when you know you know when you go to big w or coles or something and there's all like there's like an aisle where they're like sorry you can't come here because we're doing a stock take we're counting it Mm. you just got to count it count what you've got what you don't have okay and so what are the basic fundamentals that i need to know to have power around money well first of all what where you're at yeah 
And then the second thing is like, what 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 are your resources? What can you draw on? Okay. So one thing that I think people forget or have not sort of connected to that I've discovered for myself mm. is the power of relationships. Right. So I remember like, you know, I wanted to study. It was like $1,000 to do a course. I think in financial planning it was. And I went and had a conversation with my mum and I'm like, look, you know, I'm renting. I'm living out of home. This is what money's coming in. I've got two jobs, but I need to study this and I want to do it for mm. my future. Can you give me $1,000 or can we come up with an arrangement? Yeah, or have you got any ideas? Can you give me some advice? Because other people can obviously contribute and come up with different ideas, can't they? Yeah, so she gave me the money. I wasn't expecting it. Mm. I ended up paying it back and yeah. I had a plan in place to do it. But then that helped help me jump to the next level because then I could actually immediately go for a job and be like look this is what I'm studying this is where I'm going you know I'd love to be able to to do that and it was great because it helped me get my assignments done quicker Mm. it helped me then be able to go for the next job because I got my qualifications quicker yeah so you know I think there's a lot more um, value on when you've got where you're at knowing Mm. it sort of sharing it and, and looking at what your relationships are with people so that you know, if you need to borrow money or if you need to move in. Uh, you know, there was a time there I had to move back home with mum and I said to her, look, I need to move home. I want to save up for a car. This is how long I think it's going to take. Can I move in with you for X number of weeks? Mm. If I didn't have that strength of relationship with her, um, you know, it wouldn't have happened. Okay. Um, a nerdy question, something I don't know. So what is the difference between a financial planner and a financial controller? For example, if I was sick, I know I go to the doctor but if I haven't got any money or I need advice around money, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. So what do I do? Yeah. So financial controller, just to answer that question first, financial controller is usually someone who's employed um, to work for a corporate. So they will advise a company on what to do and how to do things. Right. Whereas a financial advisor or a financial planner, that's someone that can be employed by, you know, mum and dad, personal, mm. like just a normal person. Okay. The first place that I would suggest to go is I think the banks are great. Mm. Now, I'm probably a little bit biased because I work for one, mm. but I've always found them to be really great because you don't always need to pay for advice. Mm. There's some stuff that you can start off and do by yourself. And I'm an advocate of go into the bank and start a relationship with them. Mm. If you're starting from the base level where you need to start saving money into your bank account or you need to get a handle around your budget, going and forging a relationship with the bank's a great place to start because they'll help you up, help you get started with setting up different bank accounts. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. And they'll talk to you about things like they'll go, so what are your goals? Where are you headed? What's your direction? Like, have you bought a car? Is that something you want to do? Mm. You know, they'll start to sort of feel out with you where you're going. Mm. And you can say to them, look, I think I should see a financial planner. I don't know if it's a bit premature, but if you at least start there, they'll, they'll start you with some of the basic fundamentals or good money habits. Yeah. And what age should you start? Oh, 18, whenever. Okay, as 16. soon as possible. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how does one set financial goals? So, with a pen and paper, mm-hmm. 
like a pen and paper. And look, I still do it now too, you know. I'm doing it now with my questions for you, a pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing printed off on Word. Yeah, look, I just sit down <clears throat> with a pen and paper and I just go, okay, where am I at now and where do I want to be in three, six, 12 months' time? Okay. And I sort of try and chunk it down into something like that. I go, okay, is anything really going to happen tomorrow? Probably mm. not. So if there's some immediate stuff, like, for example, we're moving house, mm. like, next week. And my husband and I sat down yesterday and, and one of our goals is to make sure that we're saving enough money for other things. Mm. So the first thing we do is like, okay, let's get a pen and paper and let's set out all of our costs for moving house. Mm-hmm. And it's itemized. So literally, okay, we've got to buy a new fridge because the fridge that we have, that's staying where we are. So okay, yeah. how much are we going to spend on a fridge? And we itemize that. How much on a washing machine? Mm. Okay, what about the removalist? What about the cleaner? Yeah. And then we come up, it's like, okay, that's four grand. Okay, that's our first goal. That's got to get accomplished in a week. Where mm. are we going to get the money from? Have we got it? Mm. Okay, great. Right, now that we've figured out our immediate stuff, what's going to happen in the next three months? Mm-hmm. And then, so, all right, okay, well, we want to buy a car in three months' time. What kind of car is it going to be? How much are we willing to spend? And it might be, okay, we're willing to spend, we'll get a second-hand one, 10 grand. Okay, 10 grand in three months' time. All right, how are we going to get there? Mm. So, okay, is that achievable? No, it's not. Probably not going to save 10 grand by that time. All right, let's push that out for six months. Mm-hmm. And then you just look at all the different things that you want to do and start itemizing them and go, okay, is it realistic? Is it not? Mm. Now, I would suggest that generally... If I try and do that by myself, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I have talked about different mm. goals and we've sat down together. Yeah. But I, I'm really an advocate of sit down with someone. Someone That's a really who's, good idea. Yeah, rather than just yourself because otherwise you start talking yourself out of it like, oh, I don't really need a new car or, oh, mm. no, I don't really need to do this. And then, you know, you just don't end up making any goals or any plans. Mm. So do you know some of the tools out there that are there to help you achieve your goals with money? Look, there's heaps of different apps. There's heaps of different podcasts and books. Mm. And I'm an advocate of whatever keeps you going. I don't think that there's one silver bullet Mm. that will help you because in my mind it's an attitude or perspective shift Mm. that will have you be responsible for money and have you be accountable for yourself and your responsibilities. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a variety of things, um, you know, find the thing that, that, that works well for you. But, um, mm. you know, what's always helped me is I've always been open to have conversations with people and I've not really worried too much. Like a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm ashamed of, of like what I don't have or, you know, I can't really talk about this. Um, I've, I've found that, you know, talking with my sisters, my mum, friends and family about what I'm up to, mm. including all the stuff that I've screwed up, mm. <laughs> that, that has me keep going and, and has it be, you know, become almost like a bit of a hobby. Yeah, so don't try and hide it. Get it out there and share Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, bugger, you know, I parked in the wrong spot. Yeah. I got a $120 fine, parking fine. Mm. I'm an idiot. You yeah. know, I'm just going to pay it now and then move on. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And I know we touched on this earlier, but just in case people weren't listening or tuned in halfway, how do you advise someone who, who is stressed or overwhelmed around money? Ball kill, have a cup of tea, go for a walk, whatever you need to do, just get out of your head about it. Just relax, calm yeah. down. It's, you're not dying. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my friend always says to me, you need a budget, you need a budget. And it just, I just don't want to have a budget at all. So what is the key to budgeting? And is it important uh, even? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm with you too. I, I hate a budget because I don't want to have to be constrained. Mm. But I know that when I do have a budget, um, it does then help me. So... I haven't mastered it. I'll mm. be, and I'm a financial planner um, by trade. But I think if you at least know, like, what's going to cover your monthly bills, mm. I found for myself that helps me then focus on saving. See, budget to me is kind of like, oh, I have to limit. I can't do things. Cut There's back. restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. So how I think, and look, with COVID, it kind of helped me to reframe it for myself too. I looked at it as like, you know what? A budget is just so that I can plan all the necessities. And then it gives me the ability to quarantine that. Hmm. So then I can go and strive and like look at the sexier or more exciting things. Mm. So I think it is really powerful yep. to have a budget and to frame it like this is just the stuff that needs to get taken care of so I can focus on having some goals and striving for the next level, whether okay. that be for buying a designer handbag or, you know, like for my 40th birthday, because I'd done a budget, my husband and I were able to have a look at what would be nice and we could afford a tennis bracelet, a diamond tennis bracelet, which Beautiful. I never thought was going to happen. Yeah. But we had that discipline through the year to go, okay, we're not being criminals with our with our bills. We're paying everything on time and, you know, it gave us the ability to just go for it and, mm. and afford nice things that we wouldn't have been able to. Cool. And you talked about relationships earlier. So what's your relationship to your finances? Whoa, that's a good question. It's a look, it's a little bit there's a few things there and that's probably occupational, you know, it's probably related to the fact that there's a higher level of responsibility that you need to hold. As a as someone who's qualified as a financial planner, like if I were to go bankrupt or anything like that, that would really limit my career opportunities mm. and it would probably break my heart because mm. I love talking about money. So I guess my relationship to money is one, um, of something that's there's a responsibility there mm. um, to myself and to my family. I don't want to have anyone have to bail me out. Yeah. I hate to go to my mum and say, oh, can you, you know, loan me some money? Mm. So there's that. And then also my relationship to it is that it allows me to be the kind of role model I want to be mm. and the kind of leader I want to be. I believe that if you've got some financial peace of mind, it allows you to conduct yourself because you don't have to worry it allows you to conduct yourself. It allows you to present yourself uh, in a way that gives you some credibility mm -hmm. to then be able to go and, you know, take on things like leadership opportunities or be able to be free with your family when you spend time with them. Mm. doesn't mean you need to have loads of money, but I know for myself if I'm responsible about it and not worrying about how am I going to pay my rent, it stops me from being distracted when I'm with people and I can yeah. be free to be myself. Yeah, cool. Um, and what's one of your earliest memories around money? Uh, I think... So one I have is being given money to go to the shops to go get a loaf of bread mm -hmm. and having that responsibility of hang, having to hang on to it. You didn't lose it on the, the way? No, I didn't lose it. That's <laughs> my memory. And then... 
Another one would be, mum said to me, if anything happens to her, I need to know her PIN number. Mm-hmm. Now, it's probably illegal to do that. It's illegal to do that now, to get your PIN <laughs> out to your, your car. So don't do that at home, don't everybody. Don't do that. You're not allowed to give each other a PIN. But mum said, rememorize my PIN for my key card. Okay, cool. So that, that kind of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, my earliest memories, my dad had piles and piles and piles of coins. We lived in England, and he used to run a vending machine company. So there were obviously lots of coins that they needed to put into... Uh, those slots for your horrible watery coffee that used to come out. But that's one of my earliest memories as a kid. So what lessons did your parents teach you about earning, spending or saving? Did they teach you anything? I don't know. I was just trying to think, did mum teach me anything? I don't know. Ah, she said, never rely on anyone. Mm -hmm. Make your own way. That's a really good idea. And she said, particularly for men, don't. Don't um don't rely on anyone. You don't owe anyone anything, mm. and you're big enough and capable to carve your own way. So go do that. That's great. Yeah, love you, mum. She's great. My mum told me to write down everything that I ever spent anything on, and I've got this massive. Don't tell me what to do. So I didn't bother doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. Um. So did your parents? Do you remember if your parents ever fought over money? Well, my mum and dad <coughs> split up when I was about six, mm. so I never saw it. Mm. Um, I don't know whether they fought about that or anything, but I do know that I think my mum was quite independent yeah, um, and quite responsible. I don't know that my dad was, mm. <laughs> and that's just something that I've learnt later. Yeah. So growing up, were, was money stressful or joyous? Uh, stressful. Stressful. Yeah, like we had secondhand clothes. Um, everything was secondhand. Mm. We had secondhand pa- pass me down, hand me downs from my cousins who were boys. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, we didn't. We shopped at St Vinnie's. Yeah. Which I hated, mm. and um, you know, so yeah, it was kind of always like a bit of a thing in the background. Yeah, but nowadays you can look for a decent St Vinnie's in a area and you can get designer clothes can't you <laughs> yeah everyone's doing it yeah, now they do. it's the thing yeah mum quite says that you know like oh yeah. look i was ahead of my time i just don't like rummaging that's my problem um so how important is money to you it's important because look it's pretty important one because i work in that area mm-hmm. yeah very <laughs> then, important then. yeah it is and then two um you know it's important because it gives me some peace of mind Mm. it's not the most important thing and i don't have it like i'm not driven so much to be a gazillionaire or anything like Mm. that like um but it's important i guess what is different from my 20s to now is that it was sort of like the biggest focus of my life and i had to get ahead and i had to be so driven Mm. i feel like i don't have as much it doesn't have as much of a hold on my life anymore Yeah. yeah okay Interesting. This is quite a long-winded question. So people associate yourself with your um, habits. How do you find like-minded people that also want abundance and are great at putting money practices in place? Like how would you find like-minded people to surround yourself with? Mm. 
Well, if it was something that I'm interested in, probably, like, I know there's a lot of stuff on Facebook, mm. and then there's those meet-up groups to mm-hmm. go to. Uh, I, I research a little bit online, mm-hmm. and then also, because I work in a financial institution, mm. I'm always around that conversation. Yeah. I and also discuss also... it with my mum. And you, you go to, you mix with where CEOs are, don't you? I've known in the past, you've gone to like some sort of homeless sleepouts where the CEOs are there to kind of network with CEOs. Yeah, I just, I quite like the conversation because they're all sort of like in amongst it mm. doing things. So yes, you're right. I do try to surround myself with those people because I find I find them fascinating. I'm like, mm. oh, what am I not doing that they're doing? Mm. So has yeah. them be a CEO. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you take on having a positive mindset around money? Look, I'll be really honest. My mindset about money is not always positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's not just me then. No, okay. no. Nah, and sometimes I get really worried, like particularly when the start of COVID. Uh, I was quite worried because I wasn't working at the time. Mm. Um, my husband's business took a decline. So to ground myself to get back empowered and positive, I always go back down to, okay, let's do a stock take. Okay. And then if I know where we're at, then I know what actions to take. Yeah. I find myself becoming negative or um, disempowered when I'm either ignoring like head in the sand Mm. or I'm just you know pretending like everything's okay yeah so I always just go okay let's just do a stock take where are we at and then do you feel powerful once you know the facts yeah because like I can get out of any situation you know like what's the worst that's gonna happen Mm. move back home with my parents or or whatever yeah you know So I've recently had a huge breakthrough in money. I'm a single mum of three um, and growing, like I always never had any money, literally never. I could get right down to like less than $5 and then need to feed the kids and the dogs. Um, I had this kind of thing where I'd spend money like water or I never have any money or, you know, know, why me, all of that. And now I've got this context of like money's always flowing into my bank account and I always have money and I just feel so much more powerful around money. And that's a very recent mindset shift um, that's happened to me. How do you transform others, like their disempowering context that they have around money? Like what would you say to them? Um, you've got too much time on your hands. Right. Stop thinking about it. You've got way too much time on your hands. If you're that like worrying about money, it means that you're not doing enough. Okay. You're not in action. And they're in their heads. Yeah. It's like you need to get off the couch. Much. You first do your stock take and then go take actions. Right. And if you need to be busying yourself, like, you know, sometimes I'll be working, I'll work a full day. Then I'll um, meet with my husband. Okay, what's happening with your invoices? What's happening with the business? Then I'll sit down for three hours and I'll be like, okay, let's get our expense account sorted out. Let's start preparing our tax returns. Look at the super. And then I'll be like 11.30 before I go to bed. And Mm. I'm exhausted. Mm. I don't have time to think about it. I don't have time to worry about it or to get into, oh, why do I not have enough? I'm like, no, man. I'm like, in action, I'm doing stuff. So if you're that disempowered about it, you need to take a stock take and then busy yourself. Take actions. Take a stock take means write down your expenses, write down your 
debts. I've got five dollars in my account. I've got yeah. fifty bucks in my super. I've got two grand worth of shares. Like yeah, okay. And then also, okay, I've got five grand on my credit card. Mm. I need to pay this person two thousand dollars next week. You're like, oh yeah, where you're at? What's your incomings? What's your outgoings? Yeah, okay, got it. Um, so what are some smart financial steps? Yeah, so first of all, when you know where you're at, look at it and go, okay, have I got enough money for the next, you know, is, is there going to be enough money to pay my bills? Mm. And if you don't, then you need to figure out, okay, I need to do one or two things. One, get more money, or two, lower my expenses. Yeah, for me, I, like, I, I talk to other friends and they're always looking at cutting back, cutting back. I'm like, how can I make more? How can I make more? Uh, you know, I have three jobs sometimes so that I can actually live the sort of life that I really, really, truly want. And and, and then I have to sometimes do the stock take, as you say, because I'm exhausted and I think, now this isn't working. What else can I do to generate the same amount of money in a, a more productive way? So I would say to people, go out and make more money, don't cut back. But that's just my view. That's yep. not saying that that's the right thing to do. That's just how I like to live my life. Yeah, well, I'm with you too. It's like I, I look at, I probably I look at okay, what stuff is unnecessary? Mm. Like, do I really need two coffees a day? That's eight bucks, and it makes you fat. Yeah, which you don't realize, but it actually makes you quite fat. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I can probably cut down that. Mm. Here's enough money that's going to see me through the month, and then okay, what actions can I take to? you know, earn some more money. Yeah. And then at the same time I go, all right, I need a bit of a nest egg here, like a, or like a safety net. Like, let's try and put some money in an account that does not get touched mm. at all. For And that's going to be three months worth of income. So like worst case scenario, if, you know, I lost my job or something happened, then I don't need to worry. I've got a bit of a safety net there to fall back on. Yeah, see, I, I dream and love the thought of that, but I haven't actually actually achieved that yet. I read The Barefoot Investor years ago. Mm. I did his book. I did all the little exercises. I opened up the bank accounts, and then I didn't transfer the money in every month um, because putting 10%, 20%, 10% into different accounts, it just didn't seem achievable. But... What I do love doing, and it is something I'm taking on this year, by the way, mm. but what I did love, do love doing is generating extra income and then calculating how much money I've made extra on top of my normal everyday job every year, and it's astonishing. Well, it sounds like all that's missing then for you is actually having either someone who holds you to account, like being yeah. accountable, and that's where a financial planner yeah. can help you. Okay. That will just be like, okay... Sally, you're being a criminal. I am. You're being a delinquent. You're being a teenager here. I am being a very big teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, having that conversation, like, what's it costing you? Yeah, it's costing me buying a home of my own, having to rent, which is like, it's just something that I personally don't want. Because, like, I'm British. We're all homeowners. Yeah. I always just assumed when I was, you know, in my 40s and 50s, I'd own properties, and that's not the case. So I need to, like, literally take that on this year which is my long and short-term goal for yeah. the next two years yeah well i mean look there's nothing wrong with renting no nothing at all i mean in europe loads of people rent just for myself i want somewhere where um when i retire my kids can come and stay i want to be by the beach i yeah. want that i want that home that was also a holiday home for my family so i can enjoy my retirement yeah and that's going to take something and that's my challenge for the next 18 yeah. months well so. i would say go see a financial planner because what they can do is luckily you're my friend <laughs> 
yeah, so yeah. I will. I'll go and see yeah. an impartial financial Yeah, and then planner. sit to go and go, all right, is it is it realistic based on how much extra you're going to make? Yeah. Is it realistic like to achieve that in five years or is it a 10-year goal? Mm. They'll be able to use some of their uh, financial tools to be able to – you know, help you go, all right, is there, let's get some reality to this. Mm. And then that gives you the opportunity to go, well, you know what, maybe if I got a promotion mm. and got an extra 30 grand a year, then um, it would fast track it and reduce that goal from 10 years down to seven. Yeah. They can help you sort of model all of those things. Great. Um, back to the banks. So what do I look for when I'm opening a bank account? Uh, making sure it meets your needs. So yeah. I would find out, okay, is there any fees? Can I withdraw from it if I need to online or over the counter? Just like, you know, the basic things like what, what fees are going to be involved and making sure that it's going to fit your purpose. Mm. Most of the time you should be able to get a basic bank account that um, won't have any fees and that you can transact on. The banks mm. sort of come a long way from about 10 years' time where there was lots of fees um, in terms of like getting interest rates, well, now's probably not the best time for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, operationally is probably the key thing. Is like, is it going to be? Am I going to be able to put money in, take it out without being penalised? Cool. Now, I was reading up about money uh, before I came to see you. I was going to ask you: Have you ever heard of the shopping diet? No. So that What's is that. <laughs> It's all about using up everything in your freezer, finishing all your shampoos, conditioners and, and using up your makeup and making conscious decisions about your spending habits, mm-hmm. which is something I think I actually do take on. I, I do clear out my fridge and then I start again. Mm. But other people just ram it, don't they? And then mm. they end up chucking out lots of food and wasting money. Well, have a look. My way. fridge looks almost like a bar fridge. It's the Where tiniest. It? Oh, see that? Yeah. It's like the tiniest fridge. Um, what I have been taking on, I didn't know it was a thing, but you know when you go to those hotels, when mm. you stay somewhere and you get all those little shampoos yeah. and things, I'm like, this is taking up way too much space in my cupboard. Yeah. I'm going to run that down before we buy shampoos and conditioners. I'm doing the same. And in fact, I got a load of shampoos and I put them all into one bottle the other day yeah. to just clear out and recycle my bottles because I was it was like Bottle City in my bathroom and it actually looks quite unsightly when you've got all these different unopened bottles of shampoo etc so yeah interesting i will read up more about that but 2020 2021 we're obviously january 21 people have lost their income they've lost their livelihoods because of the pandemic how would you advise those people around their mindsets and money yeah um I'm a believer that if you're adding value and if you're proactive, you will get what you need. Okay. And I would suggest that probably the worst thing that you can do is sit on the couch and watch Netflix Mm. if you've lost your job and you're worrying about things. And that the best thing that you can do is knock on doors. Yeah. Most jobs that I've received have been because I've been proactive and knocked on the door. The first job I had was I was a... Not the first job, but the first job in financial planning was I was a teller at a bank. I couldn't get a job in, in the bank that I worked at as, a, as an advisor or even as like an apprentice. And a guy came in and he cashed a check. And on the bottom of the check, it had the name of his financial planning business. Mm. And I just said, are you a financial planner? He's like, yeah, I am. Oh, great. I want to be one. Can I come work with you? Wow. <laughs> and he's like, 
what what the heck and that's I said, a very courageous thing to ask and he's like can't you get one here at a bank and i said well no it's you know september 11th just hit there aren't any jobs can i come work for you and he goes we don't have any jobs i said well let me come and do work experience have you got a business card and he was completely like shocked he gave me his business card and then three weeks later i rocked up and i'm like hi i'm here to do work <laughs> experience with you and it was like what the heck Anyway, I did three days of work experience with him. Mm. Um, we used pencil and rubber back yep. then. And I was like writing out unit pricing for clients' portfolios. And he fell in love with my handwriting. Oh, wow. And then day three... You he... do have good handwriting, I have to say. Oh, we can't thanks. sort of show it here, unfortunately, <laughs> but it is good handwriting. And then yeah. three day, day three, he offered me a job as an assistant financial planner with right. my own office. And when I look back on it, I was proactive. I didn't, there was nothing to lose, you know, and I just asked for what I wanted. Mm. And I think that um, it's all well and good to send your CV out to people and to email them and do a nice covering letter and whatever else. But there's a lot to be said for someone who's proactive, has got the get up and go and is willing to take a risk. Mm. I, I would hire someone who's got that initiative yeah. any day over someone who's been to uni and has got the knowledge mm -hmm. because I believe that you can't necessarily teach that drive, that motivation and that energy. Mm. And if you're demonstrating that by looking for a job and then you're bringing that to your finances, you know, you'll excel. And that would be my recommendation. Get off the couch, go door knocking, get go a job. Go talk to people. Yep. Cool. Um, is there anything I've missed around money that you think I should have asked you? Look, there's so much. I don't think you've missed anything. There's so much around mm. money from like superannuation and making sure you've got enough to retire on to insurance and protecting yourself mm -hmm. to, you know, we could, I could talk for months and months and Great. months about I'm going to come back and talk to you again then about insurance because I have spoken to a mutual friend about your pensions and supers, um, yeah. but I haven't really touched on insurance, so that would be great to scratch your brain and find out more about that. Looks like you're going to be like my number one expert. <laughs> I'll be coming to talk to you about quitting the sugar addiction and insurance. Okay, um, yeah. So we've there's loads, there's <coughs> loads, but I think the the key thing to get started is look. There's nothing wrong with you, whatever your financial position is. Mm. You're where you're at. And um, the key is do a stock take, um, figure out what's coming in, what's going out, and then take action. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Priscilla, for seeing me today. This has been amazing. And I know that we're friends and colleagues and we've coached together, etc. but we've never really dug deep into money. I've never really been coachable myself or even asked you for help but I know that together over the last few years we've worked together and you've gone off and found yourself the hottest husband in the world and I've <laughs> gone off and had massive breakthroughs in money uh, just by working together and sharing as a team um, and it definitely works to share as you said so thank you it's been really great and I'm going to um, come back in the future if that's possible and ask you um, you know just find out more um, of, of all your expert advice so thanks thank you no worries